We welcome in 24-7 Sports National Recruiting Analyst, Greg Biggins. Greg, thanks for taking time out to join us. First off, I wanted to get your insight into Aaron Butler, a four-star athlete from Calabasas, California, that committed to the Buffs in May. I know you've gotten a chance to see him in person quite a few times. What stood out about Aaron Butler when you watched him? Um, I mean, I would say a lot of things, but I think the thing that jumps out most is probably his compete level. Um, I mean, the guy plays angry. And I mean that with a as a compliment, right? He's got an, a major edge in his game. And he watches highlight tape and he's, you know, blocking as a receiver. I mean, he's putting guys on the ground. And then, I mean, he'll talk to you a little bit. He's got some swagger to him, right? You think he's maybe from South Florida, uh, not Calabasas, the way he plays defensively, you know, uh, early on, you know, USC brought him in as, as a cover corner. So he's got that two-way ability, which, which we love, you know, when it comes to rankings and, you know, we're big on multi-sport athleticism and then two-way snaps as a skilled player, you know, checks off both those boxes. So um, dynamic athlete. So let's, let's start there. Uh, he's extremely explosive. Um, I've been pushing him to kind of run track. Cause again, we're kind of big on those, you know, those track measurables and, I think had he committed to it full time, I mean, he's a 10-6 guy. Um, I truly believe he has that kind of speed. Um, so he's the kind of guy you can throw a little hitch to, uh, make two or three guys miss, and he's gone. He can stretch the field. He can get deep, um, pretty polished with those hands. You know, obviously his dad was an NFL guy, so he was kind of raised on football. So some of the little things he does really well, really natural in terms of being a you know route runner. He's pretty precise with it. Uh, knows the game, very instinctive. So you, you kind of take some of the intangibles in terms of being brought up in a football family, the compete level and the physical tools. Um, I mean, there's a lot to like. I mean, he really four-star guy, top 50 player. And, you know, his upside is is definitely a first, second round draft pick, I think. You mentioned some of his rankings and he's number seven on the 24-7 sports California rankings for 2024 right now. Are there any concerns with him, parts of his game that you'd like to see him kind of evolve as he gets ready to jump to the college level? You know, I I don't think so. You know, I would say concern would be too strong of a word. Um, I, you know, he's he's lean. He's got, you know, a kind of a smallish frame. Um, I shouldn't say smallish frame. I, I, I He's probably about 160, maybe 165. So you like to see him put on some good weight. Um, but I think he has the frame to do so. He's probably about 5'11", maybe 5'11 and a half on a good day. So not not a big, you know, not one of those big 6'2", you know, going old school, you know, Colorado, you know, Charles Johnson, Michael Westbrook, not not those kind of, you know, frames, but, you know, he, he's going to be 195-ish, I think. So he's kind of more of a, and everybody likes player comps. Um, I'm usually decent at them, but I'm trying to blank, like Stephon Diggs type, right? He's kind of has that kind of frame and that kind of athleticism. So, um, and, and then again, I, I think it's a compliment, but, you know, he plays with such an edge, you know, every game I've seen, he's gotten a personal foul for, you know, knocking a guy on the ground late, uh, hitting a guy after the whistle, stuff like that. You know, again, I, I think sometimes it's good to see that kind of an edge, but also I think you got to control it. Um, sometimes I think people know he's got that little bit of a temperament and they can take him out of his game, uh, but maybe talking to him a little bit. But again, I've always said, you know, rather have a guy who's like that and then try to rein in versus a guy who's got like no juice to them, right? It has no edge and try to make him have something. I think you're either a tough kid or you're not, and you can make someone maybe a little bit more edgy, but if you're not tough physically, mentally, it's hard to get there. And he's already there. So it kind of just rein that in a little bit, which again, it's much easier to do that than it is the other, other direction. Aaron Butler's recruitment had a few twists and turns, Greg. He was a USC commit initially as a cornerback. Later, he falls in love with Georgia, then Oregon. 
and ultimately decides to commit to Colorado. How surprised were you with just how his recruitment turned out with him now being a commitment for the Buffaloes? You know, like you said, it took a lot of twists and turns. You know, he was very, very vocal. You know, most kids, you know, everyone's kind of familiar with the, with the crystal ball, which is, you know, when you make a prediction. And I hate doing them, honestly. I don't do a whole lot of them. Just I feel like sometimes it, you know, kind of steals the kid's thunder. So I don't do a whole lot. But he kind of reached out and said, hey, crystal ball me, I'm going to Georgia. Like he was the one who kind of encouraged me to do it. Uh, you know, he visited a couple of times, loved it, loved the receiver, uh, wide receiver coaches, the wide receiver room, the quarterback room felt like, hey, this is the place. You know, he's as you have ever talked to me before, you know, very confident kid. And he's like, I want to play on that SEC stage. Um, talked about, you know, NFL scouts coming to watch Georgia practices every single day. You're competing against the best of the best. And this is how you kind of get yourself launched. So he was all in for Georgia. And then. Kind of, I'm not exactly sure what happened. They seem like they both kind of, you know, went separate ways. You know, I think Georgia got a couple of kids and and didn't have room, and he kind of felt like, you know what, I, I just gonna need to look elsewhere. And then it was Oregon. Um, again, he was adamant that hey, Oregon was the move. He liked it there a lot. All the while, Colorado was always kind of in that background, and uh, you know there there were some you know insights there. You know, his dad played with Dion uh, before in the NFL. Uh, really respected. His dad really respected Dion as a man and as a coach. And they took a visit and he told me prior to that unofficial visit, he goes, yeah, you know, I, I kind of like Colorado. I'm just not sure about him though. You know, and again, I think he was kind of thinking, you know, big stage, you know, Oregon with the NIL, you know, Georgia with the SEC. And then he went there and he was blown away. Um, this was the unofficial, just blown away. He said every single thing that they said just was really resonating with me. Um, and so when he went back for his official visit, we started to hear some buzz that, hey, Colorado could be the move. And then again, the official visit, you know, blew him away even more. He was there for the spring game. And, you know, he was one of the first ones, you know, I, I think I think Dion and, and CU kind of got a lot of flack for, you know, running off guys. But I mean, Aaron was adamant. He goes, hey, this was the plan. He goes, uh, you know, all these guys knew ahead of time. And it was almost Dion allowing them to showcase themselves at the spring game. So it was almost kind of like Dion was doing them a favor. The players knew that, hey, this is probably my last time that I'm going to be wearing this uniform in that spring game. But rather than run them off early, it was, hey, go market yourself. Go play a spring game and, and go get yourself noticed. And that's kind of what happened. But Aaron was like, dude, there's guys in that sideline who I, I was seeing dudes, SEC dudes, I saw some JUCO dudes. I saw some guys that look like me that want to come in and come in and compete. So he kind of kept saying the way he was talking, it sounded like he was he was kind of like all in. And um, I, I was kind of starting to hear more and more buzz for Colorado. Unfortunately, uh, he kind of blindsided me with the commitment. I still had my crystal ball in Oregon, which is, again, why I don't like to do them, because if you do one, you get stuck with it. And then uh, so Aaron kind of surprised me a little bit when he did commit to Colorado. But th there were signs kind of leading up to that. And, um, you know, I, I know speaking to him now, he's still, you know, very happy and very confident in that decision. He's a guy that could play on either side of the ball in college, but it sounds like his preference is on offense at receiver. Is that what you've gathered from your conversations with him? hundred percent. Yep. And that was a big reason why him and USC kind of parted ways. You know, I mentioned he was a USC commit. Uh, one of my, uh, might've been the first commitment for Lincoln Riley uh, as a corner. So, um, but he likes, he likes receiver and that, that's, you know, he kind of was adamant and told schools, Hey, don't, essentially said, don't recruit me unless you want me for a receiver. So um, I, I actually think he has just a high end upside. I've always been more of a defensive guy. 
Um, you go to a camp and you see the wide receiver line has 80 people and the corner corner line has five and you're going, dude, why go over here? Get your reps. So I've always been more of a defensive guy, but um, I, I do like him as a corner, but he loves receiver. And I think he's got all the tools to be, you know, definitely a, a high round, um, high upside guy who should be able to make a lot of plays for the buffs at the receiver position. Colorado's new staff with Coach Prime has a lot of ties to the south, uh, to to Florida. So they're maybe not going to spend as much time recruiting California as they have with some of the recent coaching staffs in Boulder. But they did land Butler. and They signed three California prospects last recruiting cycle. In your experience talking with recruits and coaches, how have you seen the perception of CU football change since Coach Prime was hired at Boulder? I mean, I, I can't even put it into words. And, you know, you and I have talked. Um, like it's radically different, right? Like it's insane just what it's like. Colorado now is, you know, they they can make a phone call to any kid in the country. It doesn't matter who it is. And and that kid's gonna answer the phone. And you're not surprised anymore, right? Originally you're you're kind of wanting to okay, who's gonna, you know, give Colorado a hard look. Now you kind of saw some of the guys they signed last year. It's not surprising at all anymore when you see a player's gonna gonna visit Colorado and you know. Kind of some transparency, you know. I I grew up, you know, big big Bill McCartney guy. I, I love those Eric B. Enemy, Darren Hagen teams. You know, I'm some of the California guy, but I don't know what it was. I just love the, you know, love the helmets and the, my favorite uniform. So I've always been kind of a closet, you know, CU guy. And I've uh, been to Boulder before. Um, actually applied to go to college there. Um, I would say tuition fees were a little high for me, so I stayed local. But I, I've always felt like this is a this is a gold mine. Beautiful campus, probably a top three or four campus for me in terms of just the the beauty of it. Um, love the downtown. And I've always felt, gosh, you know, when Neuheisel was there, you know, they were able to recruit at a, a really high level, Rick Neuheisel, right? And um, I've always kind of thought, dude, what's what's the deal? I, I do feel like if Mel Tucker had stayed, he could have kind of got it rolling. You just kind of see what he's doing at Michigan State. But no, I, right now, I think it's the perfect, perfect situation where Dion has that name brand recognition. Kids love him. Um, everyone knows who he is, even though most of the kids now, you know, they weren't really alive when he was the best corner in the NFL, but they, he's got that name brand recognition. Everyone knows him, loves him. Um, he's got a staff that's high energy. And I've always thought, man, it's an easy sell to get kids to go to Colorado. Now, obviously we don't know about conference. Um, that's probably something that you know more about than I do, but I'm just saying there's a lot to sell, I think. And so long-winded way of saying I think kids are extremely open. Um, originally, I wasn't sure what the you know what the feedback was going to be. They love it, um, and I think once you get kids on campus and you kind of see the whole setup and you see the tradition and the Wall of Fame, uh, like dude, I, I think they got a chance to to win a lot of games. Maybe not this season. That's kind of you know I think people are kind of wondering how many games they'll win this season. But I think there's definitely a future uh, for the Colorado, Colorado program with Dion there. Greg, I've known you for a long time, dating back to when you were working for student sports and running the Nike camps, how long have you been involved with recruiting coverage now? So my first year, um, kids are waking up. Uh, my first year was probably 95, 96. So um, I'm not very good in math. I think we're coming up on almost 30 years, right? In a couple of years. So uh, yeah, it's been, you know, when I first started, you know, it was 900 phone numbers. So if you want to know about Colorado or Notre Dame or Texas, you'd call, you know, this 900 number, fifty a minute, and you try to talk real slow, hard for me to do. And that's how you got your information. Now, obviously, recruiting has radically changed from 900 phone numbers and magazines back in the day uh, to what we see now where it's, you know, everything's happening in real time and internet and Twitter and social media have kind of taken over. So yeah, it's been a long, 
Long time, Adam. I'm a dinosaur in the business right now. What's one aspect of being a recruiting analyst that maybe the average fan on 24-7 sports might not realize? God, there's a lot. I mean, I would say just <clears throat> um, first off, I mean, I, I love it. I'm super blessed. Dude, God's good. But I would say just the work hours are insane. Um, literally, you know, it, it sounds funny. My kids can attest, but you can't go to the bathroom without having your phone with you because you never know. Like you literally have to be kind of like the, the woge of high school football and stuff is breaking all the time. And we talked off off camera a little bit. June is just it's, it's a wild time now with official visits being able to you know happen now and you know two signing days and so it's you know recruiting and then we're not you know people say hey when signing day is over then you get you get, you get, do you get a break and you're like no because now it's camp season now you're covering seven on sevens and showcases and camps and so i don't think people understand it it's a it is a great job but i don't think people get just the work hours and how you're constantly on the road a lot traveling and you're watching kids and if you're not watching them you're at home talking to them and if not then you're writing stories about them so i mean it's literally i mean sounds cliche 24 7 but you literally have to be ready to do something um almost 24 7 and uh so between just the the hours the grind it, it, it could be a little taxing at times for sure do you have a favorite recruiting story that you share <laughs> often that kind of illustrates just how crazy or just how fun you know, recruiting coverage can get at times? Yeah, no, I mean, you sent me that question. I don't have a favorite. I have a most miserable one for me. I, th I think it's the most memorable. So I'll share that one, right? So again, I, I don't, this is going to go, I'm going to go old school, but this is, I'll never forget this one. Is that running back from out here in Southern California named L Lorenzo Booker, um, played at St. Bonaventure. And, um, you know, so again, radical different times. This was before Twitter and um, even before like, you know, cell phones weren't even a big deal back then. So I, uh, he told me the night before that he was going to commit to Notre Dame. Right. So had my story pre-written, right. Notre Dame. Well, it was down to Florida state, Notre Dame, USC. When he told USC, USC coach leaked it to the newspaper because USC was also recruiting another running back named Herschel Dennis went to Long Beach Poly and they wanted Dennis to see this so that they would see Lorenzo's going somewhere else. Hey, Herschel, we have a spot here for you. So I worked with the guy. He was actually a manager who said, hey, Lorenzo Booker's going to Notre Dame. Release your article now. Well, Lorenzo had a three o'clock press conference at his school. I go, dude, no, I promised the kid. You know, he gave him, I gave him my word. Um, I went till three o'clock. He's like, dude, it's already in the newspaper. Put your article out. You got quotes. I go, not, not going to do it. So Around two o'clock, I go off to uh, another press conference. A kid's going to announce his choice, right? Well, in the meantime, this manager logs into my computer and re releases the story before Lorenzo actually puts it out. Um, so that was number one, a, a big deal. What made it worse was Lorenzo, literally, as he's walking from his seat to the podium, he changes his mind and picks Florida State. Wow. So not only did this guy release the story early, it was now it's the wrong story because he changed his mind. And he, Lorenzo told me literally changed his mind as he's walking to the podium and said, Hey, Florida state's my dream school. I got to pick the Knowles. So, and again, I didn't have, this is no cell phones at this point in time. So I didn't know what happened. And then uh, I got just crushed um, all over every message board back then for, you know, releasing the story early, having the wrong story. And, it was an experience that I'll never forget. And to this day, it's kind of been one of those deals where 
always make sure it's it's so much better to be right than be first, right? Everyone wants to be the first to break a store. And I get that. It's kind of how you get your name. But man, I'd rather be scooped than be wrong. Because when you're wrong, man, even if in this situation, it wasn't even really my fault, um, you just, you can't walk it back. Once it's out there, you cannot walk it back. So that's probably the most memorable uh, and miserable signing day experience for me in, in almost 30 years of doing this. I'll never forget it. Wow. Well, Greg, you and Brandon Huffman and, and Steve Wilfong, I mean, you guys are the best in the business and, and you guys do it. Uh, you know, it's really tough to uh, do this job with character when, yeah, when everything is being broken on Twitter nowadays, but you guys find a way to, to uh, c- continue to, to do this job without uh, compromising your ethics. So we, all the us team publishers really appreciate you. Before I let you go, one last question, Greg. Coach Prime, they're going to go heavy with transfer portal, even going ahead to this upcoming off season. It's going to continue to be a theme as they build up this yeah. roster. So they're not going to have a huge 2024 class in terms of size, but right now you look at their average rating, it's 89.56, which is number two in the Pac-12 behind Oregon. What would you suggest as a realistic expectation out there for Colorado fans with 2024 recruiting, just in terms of how they should rank in the Pac-12 and national. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I think. Um, I mean, shoot, why not? Let's let's have high expectations. Let's I let's shoot for top five. You know, USC is going to be up there. Uh, Stanford is having a phenomenal class right now. I think they're top ten nationally right now. And then Washington's doing well, but there's no reason why you know Colorado um, with the way and the way I, I think of when I say top five in the in the conference, maybe top twenty five, top thirty nationally. I'm averaging in your transfer portal rankings. You know, we actually do that, rank the transfer portals. And I do think that's a smart move for, for them to go heavy portal right now. You're getting guys that have experience and you can see for yourself that these guys can play at that level. So expectation wise, you know, shoot, I, I mean, shoot high. I would, at this point, I'm not going to underestimate, you know, Dion Travis Hunter, who's one of my all time favorite players for a lot of reasons, not just football wise, but off the field, some stuff I've seen with him that I'll always be a fan. Um, but why not go top five in the conference and top 25 to top 30 national, which, you know, five years ago, gosh, right. You're hoping for a top 50 class. So going top 25, I think is realistic and it'd be a huge, huge win for that program. Awesome. Greg, you're a busy man. I appreciate you for carving out a little time. I appreciate you. Colorado fans appreciate you. Thanks for, for coming on. Oh, always. Thanks for having me, Adam. Adam.